Bonjour et bienvenue. You are listening to You Are So French, Success Stories à la Française. The podcast talking about success stories of French people in Australia. I am Aurélie, I'm from France and I've been living in Melbourne for many years. Since my beginnings down under, I've always been passionate about hearing the stories of my fellow French who found their place, their mission or their purpose so far away from their homeland. I always have so many questions to ask them. Did they have a dream when they moved to Australia? Or did their aspiration develop with their life here? And really, how did they make it happen? Our guest will share what it means to undertake a project out of their comfort zone, the cultural differences they faced, and how being French in Australia has been a bonus, or perhaps sometimes a challenge, in their endeavors. I invite you to follow inspiring journeys into different fields, entrepreneurship, personal development, relationship, or career, to name only a few. While everyone has his own definition of success and ways to reach it, courage, determination, confidence, and intuition seem to always be part of the recipe. The achievement of something positive. This is what success stories mean here, and what we will discuss, with passion, honesty, and of course, a bit of an accent. In three words, à la française. In today's episode, I'm meeting with Marcel and Company, a French theatre and improvisation troupe based in Melbourne. With the three founders, we talk about the freedom of playing in their mother tongue in a foreign country, the richness to perform theatre in front of a multicultural audience, and how to refill our creative cup after a month of lockdown. We recorded this conversation in Melbourne, which is called Nam in the traditional Aboriginal language of the place. I respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of this land on which we met, the Wurundjeri people of the Kuling Nation. I also pay my respect to their elders, past, present and emerging. Bonjour Marcel et compagnie. Bonjour. 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 Thank you very much for being with me today. It's actually My second episode, but a bit different because we are live. We are the four of us together in the same room. To start, can you please tell us a little bit more about who you are, the three of you? Yes, so I'm Rafa or Raphael. I come from Boulogne-sur-Mer <laughs> in north of France. And I've been in Australia for about eight years now. I live with my partner who is Australian. I live in St. Kilda and I'm a, a big fan. I'm a real south sider of Melbourne. I create. Let's not talk about talk that. About <laughs> no, and I love the North actually. I really love it. I started my own business last year. I launched Imane where I design, make and sell accessories and DIY sewing kits. And I'm the co-founder of Marcel et Compagnie. Hi, I'm Lulu. I'm from Nantes. Uh, I've been in Melbourne for eight years and I currently live in South Melbourne. But my heart is in the North. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the founder of Renaissance, a boutique consultancy in the sustainability industry. And I actually help purpose-driven leaders to create an organizational culture to support their sustainability journey. And I'm also one of the three co-founders of Marcel. 
And I'm Carol. Carol. <laughs> I come from Montpré-Chambord, near Blois, in France. And I've been in Australia, in Melbourne, for almost nine years. And I'm also a societer. <laughs> I live in Port Melbourne. I work in marketing for a national provider of after-school care. And I'm a lucky mum of a soon five-year-old daughter. Uh, time flies, <laughs> starting prep next year. And I'm the third co-founder of Marcel. So you are all pretty busy and I think we could actually do an episode with each of you to talk about your personal venture. But today we are here to talk about Marcel and Company. First thing first, what is Marcel and Company? So Marcel and Company is a French theater and improvisation troupe. We create different projects depending on our Oops. creativity and moods. Exactly. I'm going to be a bit cheeky here. I'm going to go off script already. This is not a question that was part of the question that I shared with you previously to prepare the episode. But I'm very curious, who is Marcel? I want to hear the background story about the name Marcel. And also, especially, I guess, for Lulu and Rafa, because I think it's quite interesting. You are using a nickname or not like your real name in Australia. About Marcel and company, we didn't have a name when we actually start the, the first version of this French theatre and improved troupe. It's when we started to perform that we thought we probably need a name for our group. And we brainstormed with the whole uh, team and we ended up calling it Marcel et compagnie because Marcel is actually Lulu's bike name. <laughs> so ask me why... <laughs> I'm not quite sure <laughs> why we ended up choosing. No, I know. Ah, you know. I remember. Yeah, no, it's because, so the truth is how we met all together years ago is actually through Lulu. Exactly. And so we were thinking maybe it's like Lulu or Lulu and company. And Lulu was like, no, no way you're no using way. my name. <laughs> Veto. But uh, then we started laughing about, you know, Marcel is son orchestre and things like that. And then we're like, actually, Marcel is perfect because it's linked to Lulu. But not linked enough, so <laughs> some people didn't know. That's right. That was a little um, clin d'œil. And so on the name, uh, if you if you don't mind, I hope I don't I don't uh, share a little bit of a secret. And and I and I ask you this question because it's a bit of the same situation for me. Why did you choose to go with a different name or a nickname in your life in Australia? So my name is Ludivine, uh, but obviously I get Ludivine many times. One of my nicknames back in France was Lulu. And when I first arrived here, I started to be called Lulu. And now I actually feel more like a Lulu than a Ludivine. So I'm actually happy with this one. <laughs> and for me, it's quite similar because my name is Raphael. And it's actually not very common for a woman in English. In Australia as well, there's this thing of shortening names quite often. So it became Rafa or Raf or Rafi. So it depends how people feel like. And I'm not too fussy about it. It's, uh, it's the beauty of Australia because uh, it's so much more casual than it is in France. And obviously in France, it would never be possible in a professional life, for example, to be called Lulu. But here it's totally accepted. And that's the beauty of uh, the Australian culture to be so relaxed about things. Thank you very much for sharing that. So back to our friend Marcel. Can you please 
tell us a little bit more about the key milestones, so the creation process. You've been working in like season or different productions. So what was the evolution of Marcel and Company? So Marcel started before Marcel. Uh, so as Rafa said, uh, there was a, a phase where we were meeting uh, all together every Wednesday night. Each week, one of us was preparing and leading the session. So there was a very collective adventure and we were co-creating the, the, the troupe and, the, and what we were doing there. And we let it evolve this way, like sort of organically for a while. And we loved it. And we actually noticed and observed that we were growing and improving. And after a while, we decided to, yeah, started thinking about performing in front of an audience. And then that's where we started brainstorming about Marcel and thinking about theater. So that was our first project. The first project, performing, so it's called Les Trois Versions de la Vie, de Yasmina Reza. And it's a play that is happening always in a living room. We started to brainstorm and thought, oh, how could we perform in front of an audience? It's all in a living room. And then came the idea of thinking, what about we actually perform in real living room and we go to people's places and people's living room and our audience living room. And that's where our first project of home theater started. And after the feedback of the, the first play, people loved the concept of uh, what we call home theater. They loved it. They were like, it's actually, it's feeling really awkward, you know, seeing you in our living room. It feels like, I don't know, it's, it's really intimate. And so it kind of be became part of our DNA. And so when we thought about the next project, well, actually, you know what? It it's also needs to be something we can play in people's living rooms. And at that time, we decided to go with a blended approach between theater and improv because we were missing improv, how we started mm. uh, the adventure. So for this second project, we wanted it to be around the, the family theme. And so we picked a, a few extracts from books, plays, movies around this topic And uh, it was really short extract. And then in between extract, we had a few improv scenes where we were asking the audience to choose, you know, whatever they wanted to see next. That was the, the second one. And then... And then COVID happened. And so I don't know if it's a milestone for, for Marcel, but just another project. So the idea of Marcel is to be flexible and adaptable. And I think COVID taught us to be even more adaptable. So obviously, we could not go and play in people's living room during COVID time. So we thought, how can we recreate this feeling of intimacy and or at least this feeling of proximity with our audience? And we thought a podcast would be great because we can actually tell stories to our audience and tell our French and Australian stories. And we started the podcast Les Parenthèses. That was the last uh, Marcel project. You mentioned COVID. That was probably one of the big challenge. And it was also the occasion to pivot with Marcel. Is there any other challenges that were also source of key learning across these different season and production? Because we started very organically and very in an experimental way. We love that sort of spontaneity in the way we work. But on the other side, we also like to do things properly. So the last three production, including the podcast, obviously, were always started with a 
with you know a lot of creativity and a, a really a collective idea and project and something very light and fun about it and it was absolutely amazing and it has been like a huge human and creative experience each time but what's funny about it is it always started with that lightness of creativity and then that fun and then it always ended up like being actually sort of a, a serious project you know because no matter if it was a podcast or going into people's living room we had so much to prepare and we had so much to think about and ended up something bigger than we thought it would be yeah and i think the podcast is the best example because um after the first two play we're like guys we really need to find something that's less logistic really simpler yeah the podcast is perfect we'll just do stories about french characters living in melbourne it, it's simple it feels simple but reality is and it's especially rafa and lulu here actually they ended up writing all the stories creating all the characters and then we had to play and get to know our characters and we ended up registering between two lockdowns and i think it was actually almost as big as the other project at least for you two I understand that the podcast was actually not an impro project anymore when actually impro was at the core of Marcel and Company initially. What's very interesting about improvisation at Marcel et Company is not all our productions are improvisation, but the way we we work our characters and the way we rehearse is always through improv. Improvisation is our method if we can say we have a method. So we use improv all the time, especially to work on our characters, to get to know them, to create a life for them, where they're from, how did they meet, what they like, how they live. And then that's the way we can really incarnate and personify our characters. But exactly as you said, the podcast was an improvisation because technically it's very difficult to do improv just behind a microphone. It was an improvisation as such, but we really used improv to, to develop the characters. It's almost what we are doing now. <laughs> yes, true. The podcast, when we were recording, it wasn't improv anymore, to your point. But the idea, if you remember, like when the idea was born, it was born from spontaneous, fun voice messages that yeah. Lulu and yourself, you were just leaving each other. Because during COVID, it was hard, obviously, for, for everyone. And one good thing is we kept in touch and we kept being creative. And so Lulu would just leave a random voicemail from, uh, what's her name again? Sylviane. Maybe actually Sylviane could say hello. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm very pleased to be here. That's how the podcast started. Sylviane was born during an improv session yeah. at your place. I was not leading that session, so I was playing and then Sylviane was born that night. I think at the time, we I don't know if we were doing session on Zoom Because we had uh, some time where we were doing improv and session on Zoom during COVID. And we realized that we couldn't use our body as much as before. From that, we thought, but what can we use in that? You know, in Zoom, you are in the, your little square, in your little box. So we started to use the space we had. And then we started to use our voices. And that's where we realized that our voices could be used even more. And we could play with our voices. And I think Sylviane was born. <laughs> and... Uh, Henry as well, 
Yes, yes, yes. And we uh, started to to become alive. And other other characters. The voices of the characters are really important, but they all speak in French. And I want to ask you, when it comes to impro, the importance of the language. You play impro in your mother tongue, in French. Marcel and Company is a French theater. Do you think you could impro in English? Obviously you could, but that would be, I guess, another challenge. But how important is to play in your mother tongue? And, and generally speaking, just when it comes to impro and the choice of the language. When we started, because we were also in our personal journeys, first arrived in Australia not long ago, looking for jobs, starting new jobs, like there was this ongoing sort of pressure around English, you know, all improving our English on a day-to-day basis, etc. And that playing in French was sort of a little refuge like a, a little nest and it was for us a way to express and be spontaneous again and play with the words and then connect again with our identity. I would like to mention though that we played with Marcel et Company in English twice. We partnered with the Alliance Française at the time and we played in two different murder parties so which is like a giant Cluedo and we had to a perform in English and that was quite a new experience. What were the differences that you noticed when you were playing in English? But also in your life, is there anything that you notice when it comes to your personality or the way you behave when you speak in French or when you speak in English? About uh, Marcel et Compagnie, I get more aware of what I'm saying when I speak English and I'm thinking, is my accent okay? Am I using the right word? It adds a layer in my brain to express what I'm trying to express, I think, at the start. And probably after a little bit, I get more, in, I, I think, less about it. I just feel like in French, it's so easy to bounce back and find ideas very quickly. References also are very different. We have our French little idiomatic sentences or French expression, and we can play with words And from a personal perspective on how I feel when I speak English or French, it's it's a bit hard to say. I probably feel a bit different. There are some words I connect to English more than French, especially for me in self-development or personal development. They feel a bit more natural to say in English than in French, probably because my self-development journey was more in English. My partner is Australian, so now I feel less different in English and French because I feel like I had very deep personal conversation in English as well as in French but I'm still quite conscious about my accent, my English level, making some mistakes. There's an interesting paradox personally when I speak English is that I feel frustration more often because I can't express exactly how I want to express things uh, with like the subtleties, like to really be very precise about what I want to say. However, it also offers me a freedom that I don't have in French because things are a bit more blurry. It gives me, I don't know, a feel of expression. So it's a sort of that paradox between frustration and freedom. But playing in English, yeah, we've done it twice and it was really fun. It's just a different fun. It's just a different experience. And the, the limit, I would say, about playing in English is often we are then labeled as the French, 
yeah, that's sort of limiting our palette of roles that we could play. So when you choose to produce a play, do you take in consideration that you are in Australia, that there is a certain culture, maybe some taboos? Is it part of your reflection? Well, the simple answer is no. (laughs) 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 To be super honest, because we choose to to play in French, to perform in French. And so quite conscious that it's kind of a niche audience here. And so we didn't really take them into consideration. But I remember our second play, which was La Famille dans tous ses états. It was a play around all the emotions that we experience, whether it's for your own journey as you grow or with your family. And as you can imagine, there were some more positive and some less positive emotions that we played. And I remember the first night we, we performed. Just a quick note, as we perform at people's places in their living rooms, We usually uh, stay after the play and have like a, a Q&A session, which is uh, really interesting and gives lots of feedback and gives us a chance to uh, really exchange with the audience and yeah, and hear from them, you know, how they feel, did they like it, what, how they're feeling. And I remember someone asking us at the, the end of this session saying, wow, this project is a bit darker than the first one. And they're like, are you going to play in front of Australia? And like, have you thought about it? Because it can be a bit heavy, lots of anger and, and screaming. And we were like, oh, we haven't really thought about it. But actually, we've got a date in Bendigo and we'll be playing in front of only Australian people. And so a few weeks after we went there, performed there, they loved it. But they didn't love it for the same reason, probably, as the French audience. I think the French audience really resonated just because they would always find one of the families we were performing that resonated with them. I think the Australian public, they connected, I think it was something different and something that they don't see every day and they were curious. We didn't shock them. I think it was our main concern. <laughs> we were not shocked, but uh, obviously I don't think we could have performed that play in front of everyone. And also we create an experience. So it's not like going to see a play in a theater. We come, we transform a whole living room. The hosts are you know, inviting their friends and family. And they're actually here, two meters, not even away from us. And there's a huge emotional connection and it's very strong and it's very powerful. And yes, it can be disturbing sometimes, but it's also another experience. And yeah, I think that's what people loved also about it is like to be bold enough to play two meters away from them emotions that we are not very comfortable with. Part of Marcel et compagnie was to be free to explore any type of emotion. So we never thought, oh, we'll only make people laugh or cry or we really love exploring all the nuances and the complexity of emotions and the paradox and the contradictions. And that's, that's something that is really important for us. So I've been lucky enough to be in the public on several occasions during Marcel and Company shows. And I've seen that every time there is a different reaction or there is a different dynamic from the public. On your side, as an actor, how would you describe a successful representation? To me, it's two things. It's how I feel personally and how I feel my team members when they are playing. 
and then the reactions of the audience. And so when you have people at the end coming to you and saying, wow, thank you, it was like I was watching myself. It feels a bit awkward at first, but it was like, it's a tick. They felt something. There was a, a, an emotional connection here. And so to me, that's, that's massive. And I also remember dates where we really, how to say in English, on a pris notre pied. We enjoyed, but uh, you see what's the difference, like the nuances between the, the two languages, actually. But uh, you, uh, tell, you, you took your foot. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> took our foot <laughs> because we would leave the living rooms and go backstage and we would almost cry we would feel empty because we did our best and to me that's uh, that's so rewarding I don't know about my two friends, but I've got goosebumps just having like images and memories coming to my head when you're talking about it, Carol. And I just feel like they were all a success. Like every single night that we played, we did 12 performances in total in living rooms, 10 episodes of podcast and two murder parties. And for me, it has always been a success, sometimes different, sometimes more difficult, sometimes more, more emotional, sometimes more uplifting, sometimes more, sometimes heavy or, or fun, but always really a success to be able to put together some shows and, and to do it with our best. I'm going to travel back in time, but in France, in your previous lives. Did you have any background in theater production or did you play in France? So I took theater lessons when I was a child and then as an adult in Paris, I was in a troupe and performed in theaters for a few months, but nothing about production though. Well, for me, nothing. <laughs> I was doing heaps of other stuff, but I never had an opportunity or even thought about it. Uh, and so it's really when meeting Lulu was telling us how much she was missing the improv part of her lessons, that I was like, oh, yeah, something different. Why not? Yeah, I did perform a bit of improv in high school, but that's it. And never did any direction or production. That's also part of our identity. Nobody was a professional and we had to create from place of intuition. And I think that was the beauty and that is the beauty of Marcel is to be a bit raw and very experimental and always coming with a, an explorer mindset. So we learn as we go and we're not following any rule or any sort of school of thoughts in theater or improv. We are making up our own rules and that's really the beautiful part of it. Do you go to see theater plays here in Australia? Back in 2019. <laughs> yes, yes, sorry. Let me reformulate. In the past. <laughs> Once upon a time. Until 2019, did you used to go to see theater plays here in Melbourne? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, love it. So you share already a few very nice and funny anecdotes. This podcast is called Success Stories. As you know, the way we define success is not about reaching the top, but it's really about the journey. And you seem to really enjoy and be passionate about what you are doing. On a personal level, what did Marcel bring you? Well, on a personal note, I would say the, the friendship. 
with a co-founder, Lulu and Rafa and myself. Because when we first met years ago, like we didn't know each other that much. And so we really got to know each other across the years. I don't have many friends that know me as much as they do. And probably I think these girls next to me probably know me better than I know myself sometimes. Just because you share everything for improvs. You know, when you play, you have to kind of let go. And as we said, we like exploring all types of emotions as well. Sometimes more uncomfortable than others. And so um, the friendship to me is, is my success. To add on to what Carol just said, and uh, obviously like the connection between us is absolutely amazing. The fact that the team evolves also depending on the project is really, really great. For me, what I absolutely love and I found a success is also the space that we created. So the, the creative space, the values that we have brought to life. When you do do improv, you have to create a very safe environment because as Carol just said, you let go and you are really vulnerable. The space that we created together collectively to really have each other's back, to really create a space where we laugh with each other and not at each other, where we are here when emotions are hard, but we are going through all of them and we embrace all of them together. I think it's very special. I totally agree with Lulu and Carol. The trust, the commitment from the group. When I think about Marcel, I think about what we achieve all together. We lost some people along the way. We had challenges every time, but what we created as a group from all our creative minds, all our commitment, all our energy, all our emotions is really incredible. It's one of my biggest and best achievements. So what is next for Marcel and company? The COVID had a couple of effects on us. The first effect was that we got very creative with the podcast. We were like, no matter what, we're going to have a project for 2021. So we were really pumped at the start. I think the second wave of lockdowns really hit us. And as a lot of people, we needed some space. We were like back in our shelves, I would say. And that has affected Marcel, like let's be transparent here and honest. And we didn't have the energy to commit to Zoom session every week. And it was a bit like, oh, let's pause for a moment. We are at a stage where we need to feed ourselves with creativity. Creativity goes with cycles. So sometimes it's winter and you need to recharge. And sometimes it's summer and then or spring and you flourish and then you develop and you create. And I think at this stage, Marcel needs to get some inspiration from outside so we can refill the cup of creativity. That's where we are at the moment. We are finding ourselves back as a troop first and then also looking outside for inspiration and creativity. Thank you very much for pointing that out. Most of us probably feel exactly the same way. Do you have any ideas or any strategy or anything you really want to do to, as you said, refill your creative cup? Definitely lots of different strategies and one of them would be to take some improv lesson in English uh, with other improv troops in Melbourne. Practicing acting from a place of 
not leading the group, but more like exploring theater and improv in another language. So get to that challenge. And very quickly, I know for sure we start brainstorming because we have ideas for Marcel but we also have all our personal projects we also want to travel to France we starting new companies or, or entrepreneurial projects and so we feel like we all need to go and find some fun in different ways in our lives make the space for Marcel recreate a group and then we'll see so here we are the snap question of the end So where can we find and follow Marcel and Compagnie? So you can find us and follow us on Facebook. We are at the page Marcel et Compagnie and on Instagram at Marcel et Compagnie.melbourne. What is the most French and the most Australian about you? And I will ask about you specifically, not about Marcel and Compagnie. The most French thing about me, I think, is my bike, Marcel, <laughs> which is a Peugeot, a real one. So I'm very proud of it. And the most Australian thing, it's uh, my mindset. I think Australia has influenced me a lot on how positive and smiley and trusty. I love how Australian trust first. My mindset has changed since I'm, I live in Australia part of myself that is the most French is I feel very patriotic <laughs> like I'm very attached to the French anthem so yeah I feel very patriotic about But France. if I may say Rafa you are very yeah, attached, attached to, to the, the Australian, Australian so national anthem as well <laughs> I could say like my most Australian is that I know the, the Australian anthem even though I'm not a citizen it, Yes, yes. I, I've, I've got this French way of uh, looking for rebellion sometimes. And I say a lot of oh la la, which is very cliche. And the most Australian part is my partner, uh, who is Australian. And really, it's been amazing and the most growing experience of my life to share my life with someone from an, another culture and from the Australian culture and I really feel like Australia has changed me in the way of life in the way of seeing life and the way of interacting and just growing so the most French about me I think would be my taste for food and movies I really really love French movies I miss them so anytime I raise like the French film festival I know what I'm doing <laughs> French food as well, especially um, Paris-Brest. Mm. <laughs> anyway, in Melbourne, if anyone's listening, <laughs> you know where to find me. And then the most Australian, I'm really easygoing and peaceful and I love harmony and I'm all against conflict, etc. And I think that's pretty Australian. <laughs> and the last question, what's the taste of success? It's something I've been thinking about a lot this year. And so to me, it's really living aligned with my values. And I think as long as I have a work, I have a personal life that are aligned with my values, I think I can say that I'm quite successful. What to say after that, Carol? Yeah. What to say after that? <laughs> um, well, to add on, because I definitely agree with that, I would say that feeling the excitement of a project that you care about and looking in the eyes of others that also see and seeing the joy that you create is really a huge thing. 
So I'm, I definitely relate to my two friends here. And for me, I will add something from my quite competitive mindset, which is the big sense of achievement. So not in the sense of reaching the top, because I agree with what you said uh, before already. It's not about reaching the top, but it's about achieving, getting to the end of a project and no matter how it ends, but actually getting there. And I think with Marcel, for me, it was the fact that we wanted to perform in the living room and we wanted to talk about this and we wanted to share emotion and, and we did it. And so for me, the big feel of, feeling of success is to get to the end. Beautiful way to conclude. Merci beaucoup, Rafa, Lulu et Carole. Merci. Merci. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and felt inspired to write your own success story, whatever you want it to be. You can find all the references in the notes of the episode. I like hearing from you, so don't hesitate to share your feedback and suggest me new guests. You can find me on Instagram at youarsofrench.thepodcast or email me at youarsofrench.thepodcast at gmail.com To finish, I would love it if you could help me make this podcast my success story by rating You Are So French the podcast on your favorite streaming platform with stars, the more the better. You can also subscribe to never miss an episode and of course, tell your friends and family about it. Merci et à bientôt